Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, everyone. Honestly, I'm not even going to pretend like I'm the one hosting it. I don't think any of us are. We all agreed yeah. to come together, and here we are. So we have with us... Andy from the Deep Share podcast, brother. What's up? I, what's going on? And we have Brandon from Expanding Reality. How are the yep. both you guys doing? Awesome. I nice. think this is a great gathering, the three of us. Oh, oh, I, I this is uh, this was been many months in the making, but we got it. So I, I wanted to, if it's okay with you guys, and if you want to take it any other direction, let me know. But the box saga, you want to jump right into it? Because I will tell you, unless there's something I'm missing, I have no idea myself what it is. And I, so, I deliberately did not look it up to learn from you. It's going to be the best th- way to approach this. Andy's got it. Yeah. I think um, we should maybe like, let's use it as like a reference point for sure to like branch off of, because I think, sure. because, you know, I found it about eight or nine months ago, probably, no, probably longer now. I basically found it when Dan, Dan and Dan and I started becoming friends and I heard him talking about it on his show. And when I heard it, I wasn't really even sure what it was. It was something about a Scandinavian folklore myth or something like that. But then once I started getting into it, what really clicked for me was the phonetics of the root language they talk about, because it's completely, this is their alphabet, what we're seeing on the screen right now. For those listening, I apologize, but you know, check out the video. But yes, this is Alphernus Betten which is the supposed first alphabet of the of humanity according to this finnish lore um and right all right away we can see that there's uh some really creepy similarities to you know modern day language and supposedly this language was here when people were just doing cave paintings and all that we're talking about taking this idea of like you know, lost history and Graham Hancock's like ships keeps getting older mm. and just timesing it by a thousand because supposedly box saga starts at the very beginning of humanity. But, you know, every, every culture has their myths. So every culture has a fantastical beginning that has no real proof to it. Right. So theirs right. is very, not only bizarre and a little shocking, at first but then once you start looking at the symbolism of all of it it starts getting really interesting because their origin story for for humanity is uh the mating of a goat and an ape yeah that's what's really creepy so what's really interesting i'm kind of fast forwarding before i explain a lot more of the box saga but what I'm coming to now, what Dan Unaki Dan is coming to, what we're t- starting to talk about is that there's these very solid characteristics of, um, you know, the divide and conquer mechanism in our culture, in our society that's always kind of been there. And you look at the symbolism 
around the most sensitive subjects and it's like the demonic goat symbolism right it all comes from paganism well th we're talking about the root of that not only of that symbolism but also the interpretations of that symbolism and why it's been demonized and all that it's it's a really when you deep... sorry andy when you say mechanism are you mean like the blueprint of life if you will the blueprint at least of this current whatever you want to call it i would say when we talk about like 13 bloodlines 13 families who's running the show who's behind the gates like who's you know who knows how things were set up and what are their motives i think the closest we can really come is that at one point or another, I'm not sure if it's all trickery at this point, but at least it seems like the basis for it is this very naturalistic, heathen, pagan, call it whatever you want, that system versus the artificial system. And of course, we can reverberate that idea out to our modern world today and see how we have this archaic revival in the truth community a lot of times meanwhile on the other side it's this big machine that wants to you know uh, automate everything and it's it's like built out of sloth basically. Yeah. yes exactly so when we go back to the the box saga story we kind of get the other end of all the famous religions we've always heard about and all the history that we've been taught because there's a Jesus in box saga. There is Ra in box saga. He is the first son of the family. Mm. And it's interesting how we can take the fall in Western religions, the fall from grace of um, Lucifer falling from heaven. Um, Ra let me see if I can get this right. Hopefully Dan will, will check this out and, and be able to verify if I'm, in, if I'm fucking this up. <laughs> the story in box saga is that this Ra is the firstborn son. And the King is of course, upholding the family system. And the family system is very specific with the breeding process, because we're talking about people that at one point were desperately trying to maintain the strongest, smartest, most intelligent. So they were inbreeding culturally, not necessarily directly with family like Hicks or like what they might be doing today because of different circumstances, but more of a cultural like caste system. And uh, each one kind of led into the next and this and that. And it was set up perfectly. But this Ra left the area entirely in the story and became like was the rebel son. And in fact, the prodigal son as well. But they but he like basically goes into Egypt and suddenly you're supposed to worship the sun god, the, the first son, yeah, instead of the system of, of the very specific system that it was already in place in this perfect society that the box saga suggests was going on. But I'm jumping a little bit. Brandon, go ahead. And you know what's interesting about this? And I uh, had a guy named Jeff Drum on, and he talked about uh, that his hypothesis is that the pyramids were actually chemical factories. But one thing that he said in there was how this relates to advanced peoples coming across another civilization of, of maybe lesser advanced technology. I use the example of cargo cults. I think Dave, you and mm. I have talked about that. And so the idea that somebody comes in with higher advanced technology, but they're viewed as gods because they have like guns, you know, and other people didn't, you know, or something really amazing. But one of the things to this would be like, 
perhaps this bog saga is the origin of like this race of beings or race of people that actually were more advanced for whatever reasons. And we can go crazy on that if you'd like. Oh, I can get into that too. <laughs> yeah. And then, so they spread out after a cataclysm or maybe something like that. And then they came out as these beings of light, basically when everyone was kicked, you know, they were down, they were shattered, they were uh, uh, trying to regroup culturally, and then these people come in from these different areas that settle in different places because if Ra came from, you know, this Finnish lore, of course, and settled in Egypt, we know all about that. We know how it relates to the sun god. Uh, mm. it, it's fascinating, man. And so do you think that this is what, like, Jesus and Buddha and everything, like, all of those originate in this, and they basically settled on these places? I have a feeling that we are going to all collectively slowly unfold the missing parts that connect Tartaria, the Box Saga, uh, Millennial Kingdom that uh, Emmanuel and many others talk about. Uh, you know, all these, all these things that seem to be on completely different wavelengths, uh, just boom. To me, they resonate across all barrier they did they're just the same they they equal each other and they're different parts of the same damn story for sure um I'm, dan unaki dan just showed me a book that he just got um let me just pull it up real quick because it's very interesting that he brought this up to me just today it's called atlantis of the west the case for britain's drowned megalithic civilization and it talks about uh, elysium fields from greece and it talks about where does it say uh, Plato's Atlantis can be identified in these Celtic myths and in ancient Egyptian and Greek myths of an underworld known as the Elysian fields. But yeah, it's just, it's crazy how all these different theories seem to go different directions, but I don't think, I think that's all the same damn story. And, and this it. also, this book that he sent me, oh, sorry, it also talks about the tilting of the earth's axis, which is also box saga which we can get into, but yeah, go ahead, Brandon. Sorry to cut you off there. No, 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 no. I, I mean, just excited because this is so cool. Um, it just I'm means... talking too fast too. Woo. No, you're doing great. This is, <laughs> this is amazing. Uh, so no, I was going to just say, because the way that now we're relating history, like we know it's all, we know it was all bullshit the way that it was formed. And we really, I think over the past, at least couple of years, probably sooner than that, really started to look into this alternative history idea and these Tataria and the, you know, devil's tower could have been the huge tree and all this kind of cool stuff. And so um, what's interesting about it though, is now it is kind of connecting in certain ways or exactly to what you just said, seemingly disconnected topics are now being formulated into into really neat packages together, just like the UFO phenomena, just right. like simulation versus organic God or something like that, or creation. I mean, all of these things are kind of, you know, they make for really strange bedfellows, these ideas, but if they right. really are coming together in such a really interesting way. It's this as above, so below concept, and then extrapolated out to a lot of different high strangeness phenomena as well. Not too far off from that, uh, you know, supposed uh, ex-military guy talking about uh, Project Looking Glass and nope. how there's some bottleneck that they can't escape, they can't. how all of these things are converging and going to like be Like a revealed. Faraday cage. Right. Yeah. Well, and uh, um, remote viewers say this as well. There's a certain point that every remote viewer gets to and they can't see past it. So there's like this barrier. You know, um, and they don't know if that's because of a collapsed timeline. Um, there's a lot of very interesting things that 
like maybe that's the surprise from God. Like that's the finale, you know, to yeah, where like dude. nobody, even psychics can see. And I had a conversation that's going to derail and we'll get right back on a promise. I just want to oh, plant this cool. seed for whatever. Uh, oh, yeah. That maybe the only reason life. Okay. If you think of the observer effect and like something has to be here to observe it, to do it. Okay. The fact that we have a future may only exist because people with psychic abilities are creating our future by being able to see something. You know what I mean? Mm. So this makes just the fact that we exist at all necessary and dependent on people who can visualize the future in any way. Because yeah, then you just dude. have possibilities, and then we have the option to continue to create. That's like the engine that drives everything. It's just that one little tweak in the settings of a few different expressions of source here. It's pretty fun. That works perfect. Sorry, go. No, go, please. I was just yeah, go. Okay, man. all right. So as you guys have been conversing, I've been assembling some things that I've personally found stuck out to me. So if I could share my screen with you guys, let's. I've been yeah. arranging it in the order uh, to show it to the audience. So we see here, for example, box saga. We see this indent, this line here, right now. If we, if, for example, take a look here at this line again, I just wanted to get a couple different sources to ensure that that there's accuracy and depiction there. So. We see this line here now. Okay. Three things come to mind for me, right? When I saw this, the concept of inversion, why do I say that? Well, okay. Maybe this is a stretch, but the letter Q, I think of the letter Q and the connotations and the abbreviations and the different meanings to it. But before we get there for a second, I think of this, the tether craft. Oh, you see how SDS there's an 144. Right. You see how there's an, in, there's an indent in the craft and I've, I've gotten some different images from different you know where else there's that same uh, the, image? The Dogon, uh, the stone. What is that? The uh, Dropa oh. stone? Is that what it was? Is that? Is it like that too? Because I was what thinking I'm talking about the Dropa stone. I'm thinking uh, when people are sharing all that crater Earth shit, where there's ooh, so much more yeah. land and beyond the the ice is mm. shaped. There's a bear. There's a there's a pathway through the ice yeah, where it's like the it's summer a perfect. Gate. Yes, dude. The yeah, right. I know. I'm a big fan. I know. So I, we're seeing a pattern somewhere. Dude, this uh, for sure. And that notch, I'm telling you, there's a stone. Uh, there's a I disc. know there I know what you're talking about. There's a stone disc. I don't know yes. where in the world, but there is a stone disc. Same, yes. Same thing. Same. I also had a great conversation with um Murph from uh, previously from Realize Radio last night, and he hasn't done a lot of shows lately, but he's very into the color tuning. If you guys are familiar with that and whether I believe it or not, uh, that those images were the exact colors that I was supposed to be looking for. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, your point on this was perfect, man. I want to get back to that because this, I like this that. is I got, I got I can tell you more, what it means for the box saga. Okay. Okay. So hold on. Uh, if you could tell us what it means for the box saga, then Brandon, you go and then I'll lay out my other two things. Cause I, I have it written down. So no problem. So uh, vaguely speaking the, let me tell you a little bit about, let me just give Dave uh, the kind of background that I gave you, Brandon. Cause he has, if you could too, because I think even a fair amount of people in my audience don't even know. Okay. So, so please, thank I you. this is, this is uh collected, this is collected stories. Well, it's not collected stories. It's one story from one family, but it also matches up with uh, the Lemminkainen uh, Finnish folklore um, that was put together by a man going around to all the different woodland tribes in that area back a long time ago and putting together all the stories that they talk about and creating this mythology that lined up with one another. And Box Saga does as well. Uh, Box Saga tells this story 
of how we got here in the beginning and and how the earth was not tilted on its axis at the time it was straight up and down and what that meant was helsinki finland was the north pole and this is literally where our term hell comes from and I'll, we'll get to that because my friend is Yake this what from, you meant so is this what you meant a couple of days ago when you told me dave it's a little controversial or uh, well that's the beginning of it sure <laughs> yeah Fair. there's a lot of controversy for, for so, sure. sorry to interrupt you but that's interesting that's okay um so yes we'll get to why it's hell but um so in this paradise in the north pole where the sun was perfectly going around 365 24 7 because and everything was growing so it was garden it was the garden of heathen as we like to call it um it was um, where the first humans kind of had the all father, the kingdom was up there and every other part of the earth was connected to this all father system where the same system rung out across the entire world. We were all one people in this story and we were also all tropical because the entire planet was tropical. There wasn't a drop of ice on there. It wasn't cold enough anywhere. Then ragnarok happens and what's interesting is this phrase this term is kept and is is present in norse mythology as the end of the world or what is commonly known as like a destruction by a great dragon so this first cataclysm tilts the earth on its axis and i actually believe the box saga says it tilts the entire galaxy that this is a galactic situation who knows? But anyway, when this happens, ice covers the entire northern hemisphere, horrible, you know, weather changes occur. And except for this place in the north, this Udenma, as it was called, and notice the Uden, Odin, Udenma, and it meant the sun, it was sun worship, it was, you know, Odin was the sun, Udin was the sun, in this place called Udenma, right in Finland, where the, where, uh, um, it used to be the North Pole, and now the Earth shifted on its axis. For some reason, the uh, the Gulf Stream perfectly covers that area. It travels right through there. Also, there's a lot of volcanic activity in that region. And apparently, according to the, the saga, this kept Udenma from freezing over, unlike the rest of the Northern Hemisphere that was devastated by ice. In a time period called... Alt land east, as in all land ice, where all of these destroyed ring, concentric ring cities that echoed the All Fathers system at the North Pole originally are always popping up and being found and being called Atlantis. Could so, I, sorry, very quickly, yeah. could these be the same, and I'm just throwing ideas out, the same individuals that may have, this could be the starting point of, oh, how are there humans in inner earth and how have they survived for so long? Could that have been the initial? Yes, I think so, because it talks about them living in cavernous areas underground. Oh it, like, my so Uden, God. So Udenma was was unfrozen it wasn't affected by this alt land east period time period this all land ice period but it still was generally speaking it was still friggin' cold so they would live uh in caverns a lot of times but also 
the interesting connection is we have Arctic animals and we have Arctic people that are all blonde hair and blue eyed, right? It's because of this climate, right? And so the story goes that eventually they, so they survive in this Udenma area, but it's, it's pretty hard, but the rest of the Northern hemisphere is annihilated it's completely frozen and destroyed and everyone is suffering there's no there's no advancement and so during this time period and you can imagine this lasted thousands and thousands of years imagine one group of people being able to philosophically technologically ethically whatever advance while the rest of the world was just completely stunted now they talk Boxaga talks about the ice grading the crust of the earth at one point. And it talks about the beginning of this, the, the receding of the ice. And eventually this would lead into the flood, of course. And this is where, at least according to Saga, this is where all these myths come from of these gods coming down from heaven, because this place in the North called hell to them, was also it means heaven it means completion it means balance and it means home so these gods these shiny ones come down and a lot of times they're even described as nordics of course we get that and we get the inner earth nordics and the aryans and what's interesting about that line of thinking is that when you look at how this original Udenma system of the box saga was set up uh it was very Aryan because long time after this when the flood happens and when Udenma is no longer cut off from the rest of the world and they could finally mingle with the rest of the world this is kind of what what myself and and Dan Anaki we're, we're kind of wondering if this is where the story of this fall comes from or this when the nephilim come down because we're talking about interbreeding we're talking about the breaking of this um this birthing system this procreation system that they had kept in place but what we're also talking if we step out even further we're talking again about nature versus artificial another way i would say that i said it on twitter earlier today i said it's a war between if it ain't broke don't fix it and be the change you want to see in the world neither yeah, philosophy is wrong but they have their extremes we see that in the elites because it seems like these two forces are and dave you and i just talked about the two forces the it duopoly, seems like these yeah. are the characteristics of those forces that have a place of knowledge, how things started, how things got kicked off. And I think from one perspective, the saga is very accurate, especially with the, the language and how it relates to all of history phonetically, which is uh, really creepy. <laughs> if I could say pertaining to the concept of hell and how when it, it's cold and they call that hell, if I can make a quick correlation to someone that I think you guys have had on your shows, or I know Brandon, you've definitely had Micah on where <laughs> Micah, Dank. He, Micah Dank. Yeah. He paused, he proposes that the concept of hell relative to the Zodiac wheel, which was given to us by whomever, possibly what you're saying, Andy, very, very possible that hell was actually wintertime because you couldn't go outside. You couldn't plant, you couldn't crop, yes. you couldn't eat any of that. Um, but 
Brandon, did you want to jump in only because I wanted to first off, uh, Andy, thank you so much for laying that out uh, truly. Uh, But Brandon, do you want to jump in before I finished off the the other point there? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So I have a couple thoughts on this and it's just fun because I love this story. I love these things. And thank you, Andy. And we had touched on this. Um, Now, one of the interesting parts about this is whenever you talk about like that, it was all a centrally heated area and then it was all like this. And then all of a sudden there was devastation and then it only was hot in this one area. Now, what's interesting about this, again, is kind of this idea, and you talk about rings, and you do the as above, so below, and the all land is, all land ice, at land Mm. is, of course, that translates. And so you can see the um, etymological origin of that. And so uh, going from there, though, it, it seems like that could also be an interpretation of, I'm not a flat earther, but it's one of these things to where maybe this is this ring system, and maybe... There's a northern point on this plane, and it originates either from above or some sort of toroidal to where it recycles things and produces new things and pushes things out, experiences, and comes back in to, to reintegrate and then reintroduce. So it could be that would be viewed as cataclysms to us, but from some sort of higher consciousness system, all it's doing is rolling this movie of these different interactions in this place with these conditions, and then it changes conditions based on whatever. But this would be viewed in this way as like this uh, plasma apocalypse as planet X and Nibiru, um, mm. Nibiru coming back. Like all of these things can be described in this way. But one of right. the layout things that I'm thinking is when they think cataclysm and they think only warm in this spot, maybe that sun in this system that creates the rings in this extra land idea is the thing heating it up and it moved away so far that the, that the people that didn't adapt and the cymatic pattern as it was reforming and as that sun was moving, they call it the migration of species. This is one theory about that Heaven's Gate place or the Summer's Gate and the model. Uh, and it's mm-hmm. just sort of this ever expansive thing that as consciousness progresses, it expands out in physical rings in this place. As we evolve, our environment evolves for our evolutionary process as well. So it's this kind of, yeah, it's this kind of step thing. So that's just something interesting to me. Also the idea of hell being hijacked by an organization that wants to distract you. And so they would make it hot. Yeah, the first burn forever. When in reality with the origin story, it was really a cold place, which makes more logical sense to us. Practically, who's gonna sit there and burn forever? Like it's a dumb thing. Like it's a dumb thing. Also check it out, dude. I get it. Literally, the expression when hell freezes over comes from this box saga story because it was the only place that didn't freeze. See, and there you go. <laughs> See, exactly. That's actually perfect. So it it's stayed, creepy. But it, but it didn't freeze in the way that it was too hot to freeze. It was just in a way right. that it was safe because it was heaven. It was an environment that was conducive. But again, this is an inversion from the systems in place here that want to steer you away in this great deception. So yes, they would mean that it was hot and you burn forever. But really, it was the opposite because it leads you even conceptually away from the idea altogether that's why when you hear this story you go no that's not my hell my hell's on fire yours is cold right. so i don't relate to this origin story at all even though there's probably a shitload of truth in this thing well and the, 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 there's this. a whole aspect of this that we've completely <laughs> left out because i'm still researching it uh dan's still researching it it's there's more to the story that it because when this ice age that we talk about happened even in like realistic well, not real. I shouldn't say realistic, but like, you know, the the authorities when they talk about the Ice Age, it wasn't the entire Earth. It was more so in the northern hemisphere. If, so uh, yeah. we have an ent- so when you think about this this original system of tropical races that were all connected using the same systems, give or take, 
um, you have to think about the entire Southern hemisphere and, you know, what powers were going on there and what happened when all of these things met. And that's where, you know, you have a control aspect to history, but then you also have a game of telephone. It, it's both. It's not one or the other. You know, a lot of people think it's all just, ah, it's television. It's just coincidence. No one did this on purpose. It's both. It's, it's not one or the other, in my opinion. You okay. know, someone knows this fucking setup and takes advantage of that. And I think it's two people, you know, picture two people with a guy in the middle that doesn't know, and they're fucking each other over to make the person, you know what I mean? Like, okay. oh, well, you know, Brad did this to you. Dude, uh, I can't say that he's doing the same thing because then it just gives up our whole fucking thing. You and we hate each nailed, other already, you know. <laughs> you have nailed this for me lately. I have been pointing out so many things that I disagree with in the thing that resonates with me the most as far as like psyops go and all kinds of stuff. So, yes, it is like this, but I think that this exists on purpose. I, you know, for just a little bit of philosophical here, I think that it exists yeah, yeah. as a point for you to calibrate. I was talking to. Uh, Vanessa Lagoon, her episode will be out on Friday. She's an Australian um, life coach person, but what she really is very interested in, and she's a she wrote a book called Unspiritually Spiritual, and it's a way more grounded version of this. And it's basically what we were talking about was I don't see Archangel Michael, but some people do, and I'm a fan of that. You know, I think it's awesome, and I'll, I love whenever they say, hey, Mike, Archangel Michael said this about you. I'm like, hell yeah, but I don't see it that way. But there are grounded perspectives that come into this. So when I get back to the box saga, what you were talking about, about the, so if you flatten it out, again, I'm not a flat earther. I just think the thing is fascinating. <laughs> if you flatten it out and you think of the center point of this being the North Pole, where this new sun comes from, speed it up tremendously. You would heat up a zone. It would fling out centrifugal force-like to an outer area. There would be a wave of cool in the middle until a new sun came out, like clockwork, by the way. And then it spins out, and as it evolved over thousands of years, whatever, there's rings that then concentric out with ice in the middle of them as breaks. So this is where you get the black, white, black, white, hot, cold, hot, cold, Ooh. like this physical and we're not ready. representation of duality. Yeah, on these huge cycles. And maybe this is what this is, and this is what these cataclysms are. And yes, as those long cycles go, and as this basically iceberg ring moves, you know, with the new sun, and a new sun comes out, and a new iceberg ring moves. It scars the land. It scours yes. you have volcanic activity as well. And who knows what's going on below this? Like if this right. is this sort of toroidal plane, maybe there's something on the inside. Maybe we're on the inside. Who the hell knows? That blew my mind the other day. Somebody was like, we're on the inside of the hollow earth. I'm like, oh, oh my yeah, God, yeah. That is so cool. <laughs> anyway, just, so, yeah, just to look up and see our sun and go, oh, that's the the thing inside. Like exactly. Oh my God. But this yeah, would explain be why, just real quick and I'll shut up. Uh this is this is the nope. this is the would explain maybe why that there was uh that the ice age happened mainly in the northern hemisphere because again if you flatten that out, that northern hemisphere would be where the ring glacier is as the new sun progresses on its way out and then a new sun comes in and these species then just migrate out this could also be again this is my favorite way to think about this where we get ufos and all of that they're not from somewhere else they are they're from another ring from a sun that's been here a lot longer and that's why they have the technology because they're in this zone or area that's technologically crazy but whenever you're on those outer rings you've been through the inner one so you have access to them you can always go back within. Again, it's as above, so below. You go back within. Anyway, this like would the toroid, why. like how the toroid field flows in and out. Yes, exactly. it goes back in exactly. on itself. 
I dude, that goes with the Yggdrasil tree too in Norse mythology. We think it, it has a lot to do with toroidal field. Right. You know, it's you know, yes. most dense in the middle. And in know? my mind, like the older the stories, the less dicking with them has occurred. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, you've had yep. more time to dick with them, but what I mean is their origins at their core, if they haven't been really manipulated, like interpretationally, of course, they could have been, but mm. really, if you can look at it and know, there's some truth in there, you know, of course, because that's all they wrote down is what they saw. They didn't, you know, I don't, I don't know, to be honest with you, but that's, it seems in my I, mind that you would take this a little bit serious. That's what I'm very curious to see what happens this summer with uh, Box Saga, because um, it's not obviously just me and Dan and a couple others talking about it here in the U.S. You know, we have publications coming out left and right about this Lemminkainen horde. So part of the saga is that when the um first family that had continued all this time way after the uh, the flood and everything that you know these systems continued and all that when the catholic church and the strong arm was coming through that area of finland after it already completely overtook sweden and completely converted it a long time before that uh when they were protecting the last you know the, the Udenma right in Finland where it was and uh the Catholics came in and destroyed everything and killed everybody but the whole thing is is that before that happened the Bokstrom family went and buried uh I think it's like 200 miles or could be like yeah I think it's it's outside of uh, Helsinki um this place in the Lemminkainen temple supposedly um that Eeyore Bach the one who you know gave this story to us in the late 80s um he you still owned that property you know uh they buried all of their treasures underneath this gigantic temple and purposely buried it you know and uh it was only to be revealed to the world after a certain amount of time and it's just it's crazy what it might come this summer because people are more and more people are joining forces to go help this group of uh, temple diggers that have been faithful to Eeyore's story all this time. And they've been going back there and renting excavators and hiring people and digging and digging and digging. And supposedly they're going to dig it up this summer. They have 1500 people from around the world coming, coming wow. to volunteer to help. Have they done Brandon, like ground you... penetrating radar and stuff like that? Do they know they that did that with the most Northern castle in the world? Um, um, the name is escaping me right now, but of course it, it draws so many beautiful places in history, like through phonetics with the, even just the name of it, it's going to piss me off that I can't remember it, but they did, uh, that ground penetrating radar in that all over that, that kingdom up there. And, uh, yeah, sure enough, exactly underneath there, there was treasures buried. There was something under there, a structure, exactly how Eeyore had drawn it out for them. Cause there was places all over the place that were, you know, things were buried and, and uh, stored away, supposedly. Oh, cool. Gentlemen, all right. I need, okay, so while you guys were talking, I cannot thank you enough, and I mean that because I put together a little presentation of what you guys were discussing. So nice. if I, right, okay, in, in, in <laughs> order to, show ever. All right. what, what, watch, watch this, watch this, it's going to be fun. So <laughs> what you guys are talking about, I believe, is something called intersubjectivity. In philosophy, psychology, sociology, and anthropology, it is the relation or intersection between people's cognitive perspectives. Now, what I find quite peculiar is that if we look at this in a visual sense, I really, it stuck out to me what both you guys were saying. I tried to sketch it out. And so it looks like a mess, but let me explain. This black circle here, right? This represents the 
intersubjectivity of people's thoughts relative to some type of blueprint that we were speaking of earlier. Then the green rings on the outside represent what Brandon was speaking on pertaining to cymatics and the ice and how things are stopped and stagnated. And this red, purple, and blue that seem all squiggly and random are literally squiggly and random because they represent one's sovereign thoughts individually respective to their fractality of the source. So what happens is that there are certain thoughts that do intersect in that pool and the rest of them simply do not. And why do they not? Well, I'm not saying I know, it's just a proposal. So if we stick with intersubjectivity, again, going back to the concept of how the initial, again, what was this called, this circle here, Andy? The alpha beta, right? Uh, well, so that's their like sound alphabet. system. Yeah, that's their alphabet, and it's literally called Alphaness Betten. Yeah. Which, okay. When you look at the where, if you look up where alphabet comes from, it's fucking bullshit. What you're gonna find? Because of <laughs> okay, course they're fair. gonna say it goes back to from the Latin. Ah, uh, gotcha, gotcha. Right. <laughs> you could do better, one, and it's right yeah. here. So we also know here. that they were dominating. You know. Yeah. Uh, right. Right. History is told by the the winners. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, so we see here the indent of this year now okay we spoke about uh if we go back here of course just as another source we talked already about the 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 concept of the tether and what's interesting however before i go on from this is that over time over hundreds of years of eyewitness documentation and, and scriptures and all of this the consistency has been the same pertaining to the descriptions of the visuals now i'm not saying that's what it is and there's been stagnation in development just that that's what we see which again going back to the concept of that intersubjectivity seems to be within that black circle and i'm just using the color black actually maybe not so ironically but anyways point being now if we head over to this concept of q here so we see for example that Again, like you said, Andy, the ISO basic Latin alphabet. There we go. Now, I, when we look here at e Egyptian, Phoenician, Greek, Etruscan, Latin, the stick or the whatever you want to call it of the cube there is, is on the outside rather than the inside. To me personally, this speaks to a concept of, again, inversion using intersubjectivity to keep us within this type of trap or, or whatever you would want to call it. Right. Okay. Now, before I, speaking of the 13 bloodlines, the Nephilim DNA, all of that, I would dare to say the reason it all occurs within here is because whatever you want to call it, a, a, we're a, 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 a science lab, we're a, a zoo or whatever you want to say. Now, I can't believe I'm actually quoting uh, uh, Jim Semivan pert uh, <laughs> pertaining to this, but uh, former, for those who don't know, former 25 uh, years CIA clandestine agent, he said on a podcast recently, he goes, think of, for example, if you are a micro to a microbacterial little bug on someone's skin, but that's in to perspective, the micro, the macro, that's all, you know, now imagine if, for example, relative to the, the, the person they're getting a needle, an injection of whatever. And, to the, to the little bug, that's some big thing coming from the heavens. That's some big rod of we don't know what coming into our world. Again, perspective. Now, to top it all off, uh, let me make sure. Yeah, okay, I got that. Now, to top it all off, this right over here, you could see that I'm going to be applying to the... Uh, the school of, Dude, of arts and things. Awesome. Oh yeah. This. I want to hang them on my fridge. I would print <laughs> these out and put them right on the refrigerator. Oh, and also so if, I, if I could say this was actually on a zoom call I just did, but again, if we're in a Faraday cage, all of the other light spectrums are bending around it, yep. which also, by the way, does this not also remind us of what happens when you shoot a, um, when you point a laser beam at a, at a UFO, the light bends around it because it's voiding the current grid of the intersubjectivity blueprint that we're in. 
and interesting Right. And then this also speaks to cymatics, because let's just say to your point, Brandon, to what you even said on Twitter a couple of days ago, the clip you put out about uh, I, I really thought about that deeply the last 48 hours about if we're meant to be here. Fantastic. But the question has become for me, at least, is there a force that is stopping us in the center here from I don't want to say ascending, but advancing towards these other layers? This is my only question in general, so to speak. Now, pertaining to the concept of the light spectrum, I want to bring up as well that it's been postulated that Einstein thought the speed of light was a limit. Apparently, it's not a limit. It's a threshold. It's a doorway. It's a threshold to the, to the quantum state, if you want to call it, which apparently, if we are in some type of Faraday cage or trap or something like this, there is a way out right here, but very few of us know it. Now, again, I'm not saying that this is the only way I'm just postulating. Now, one last thing I want to say is that pertaining to the concept of, again, when I see the, 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 the tick on the inside, I think of self, sovereignty, inversion, focusing inside, focusing on yourself. One thing I find quite interesting is that, hold on, here we go. I drew this. For, okay, so what we see here is, uh, Brandon knows. So this, for example, let's say, this is supposed to be a full-on circle, Andy. My drawing is, fanta is fantastic, just so you know. Now, <laughs> this can represent, you know, the hermetic principles as above, so below. This is supposed to be a C, the conscious, the unconscious, whatever you want to call it. The even We can even say the people at the top that don't believe in what we're discussing or don't even ideologically open their mind to it, and then people here like us that do. All we need is for, and this is just an, a speculative idea, is for an intermergence between people on this side and people on that side of the intersubjective belief to merge. And you have that center point, which scientifically, Salvatore Pays recently said when it came to creating a void around a certain craft, like a, a plasma field, is via the Planck, the Planck scale. Now, this is what I find interesting pertaining to the Planck scale, because with the Planck scale, it's almost as if they don't want us to know when i say they intelligence academics all of this there is a vortex that shoots out on the other end like a squirt gun into another dimension which would corroborate mr frederick portugal's spectroscopy work in far distant space where you can see a craft coming in in like a squirt gun way and i'll show i'll draw it out very quickly literally like this it's shooting okay it's shooting out and this would be again the vortex going in you see what I'm saying now before, uh, sorry, I, one last thing. Again, I want it. This is the same thing, except just vertically instead of horizontally, because again, I think of the toroid field. Interestingly enough, I think of the way in which UFOs, uh, their craft work too. Now, okay. This is what really make, gets me excited, generally speaking. So I'm going to erase this. Okay. Now we then have this center point, like in the middle here right? The quantum state, the pineal gland, the plank, the vortex, just like when they say you want to astral project, you need to catch yourself right before you fall asleep between the conscious and the, and the unconscious. Now, what I also find really neat is that, you know, in science, they say, well, how do we collapse the wave? Remote viewing seems to collapse the wave fantastically, because again, when we have a wave like this and you collapse, first off, I think of Naga, the DNA double helix, and then, but if you collapse, Right. Now, if you collapse the wave, you have a strict, straight charge, if you will. And that's what you have here on this, my stick man, the human body thing. This is what it is supposed to be. I would dare to postulate. This is what it currently is. Kundalini. Right. Okay. I'm done. <laughs> Dude, 
Uh, well, first of all, I just have to say that I'm actually a little bit concerned because these shows just keep getting better and better and better. This is <laughs> how this is gonna... fucking great. <laughs> this should, yeah, so gonna... this one, this one should not be behind a paywall, to be honest. I think this one should be. I know we were talking about kind of doing a Patreon show together, but maybe at least give this one out. I don't know. This is this is some hot, hot shit. Right if you here. don't if you don't mind, if I could just <laughs> no. keep it for two, three days for the members and then take it public. If, sure, sure, sure. Thank sure. you. Thank I'm not going to get to it for. Anyway, uh, I want to do that, and that's something we were talking about giving people a glimpse into this, anyhow. So, yeah, that this, you know yeah, what, yeah, then yeah. you know what? Let's, Let's I, I think that the jive here, this is perfect. Let's yeah, do that. A yeah. couple days oh, here, sweet. we'll throw this out for freezies for everybody so that you could see kind of a setup of what this whole thing's Lo been about. And how love it, using. and yeah, and it's not going to be skills. just box saga by any means, but this is just something that I wanted to oh, bring dude. Dave into. It's a perspective that we need to at least have on the table with along with everything else and by the way i never explained what that symbol meant in box saga please please i never got to it because i wanted to give you all the background and everything thank you so please. i hate to bring it back to dicks but you know so this interesting thing about our alphabet or the alphanus betten or you know any of them they're all made out of rings and poles or half rings and half poles put together in different ways but it's always this symbol of a ring and a pole and this according to box saga was literally because of the north pole and this pole literally coming out of it supposedly in one way or the other but also it was talking about now keep this language the way it was created was from the inside out so when this language started to take form it literally echoes out in concentric rings that's how this language is it's nuts i can read a little passage about it if you guys please, don't mind please 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 okay the saga differs in that it lays on top of what is called the sound system which is similar to a mathematical matrix that controls what is true and what is not true in the saga this particular matrix is formed by the root language, a language in which every sound has a meaning and a mark. All syllables, words, and sentences are combinations of these building blocks of meaningful sounds. Since the meaning of the sounds are fixed and cannot be altered, the saga can be passed on to the next generation without any change in its purest form. Just as mathematics is the language in which the natural cohesion between numbers is described and can be thus passed on, so is the root language the natural means of describing the Bach saga. When in symphonic music, a discordant note is played, you can immediately hear it is not in harmony. The same is true for spoken words that do not fit into the Bach saga. When names of, or facts are given that are not in harmony with the sound system, we know it does not fit into the story and it is fictitious. The sound system is carried by this root language. So this symbol of the the circle and the pole is also it's it's fractal because it's also a penis and a vagina as are a lot of occult symbolism carried on like that anyway uh it's literally about creation it starts there it goes from there it it, it goes on and on from there we're talking about think of we talk about fractal stuff a lot all three of us so Picture not just an individual being a baby or a little child. Picture the human race being a little baby or a little child. So 
you're seeing things for the first time. You're literally not only creating this language from the inside out, but that's because you're experiencing things from the inside out. This is why creation is so central. We're literally hearing the perspective of the, of the first experience of being human kind of, which is really intense. And I know that I've experienced it on a psychedelic level and, and made weird connections. I had a, I had a memory pop up from a, well, I had a psychedelic experience of finding out about some hidden story that was like hiding inside syntax itself. And I came out of it and nobody believed me, of course, and I didn't believe me and I thought I was just crazy. Then 20 years later, I find the root language, which is phonetically, it, it, it carries into every language. Every pun you hear is root language. So this pole symbol with everything, it's, it's everything. It's, it's the combination of the two forces again. It's crazy. And it's also where they get mathematics because it's literally where they could judge like the sun. It's where we get the sundial and, and it just, it's crazy, man. It touches all of these little things. If that is any explanation, I know it's kind of it, it, all over the place. It certainly is. But Brandon, you want to go the thing first? thing I fucking loved about this was is that it's interwoven in a sound system, like a coded language, like a like it's a cryptic language within itself. So like as they speak it, they can tell which parts of it are true is what the actual quote was. So this is mm -hmm. what's interesting, too, is so even if they're telling someone about it, people who aren't initiated that don't know the language in the way that people who they're communicating it to would receive it, if that all made sense, they mm. wouldn't know and they wouldn't get it in the way that in which it was supposed to be received. So they wouldn't see the truths in it and anything they spread from that or believe from that wouldn't have been right. Hell, for right. example, being hot instead of cold. That's like <laughs> a, it's, it's woven in within this tapestry of language. Temporal so versus non-temporal. Yeah. Also, it's they say in the saga, the, you know, the language fell when the, uh, the black ink hit the white paper. See, it because because be as spoken. soon as that happened, yeah, it couldn't be spoken. The sounds are what's important because it's resonance. It's because, and that's why we can look at puns now or this word magic that we all like to talk about. You know, the we wake up and say good morning, and it's like, oh, that's inverted, and you know, yeah. it is that that may not be connected to root language necessarily, but it's interesting that puns are the lowest form of humor. Meanwhile, it's phonetics is the key to understanding what I consider this, what this is, what this story is, and how they're telling the story of how the force, and we can call it the Catholic Church, and they call it the Catholic Church, but I think we all know that it's something much more primal inside the human ego or the human consciousness of the culture or whatever this being is that we're a part of that's what was happening you know what i mean like it was a force that overtook this and and shrouded everything away and this was the tower of babel where we had this root language that supposedly was all over the earth you know it's pretty crazy so we had natural cataclysms that that fucked it up but then we also had you know this force coming in that wanted everything clothed the sexuality my god that's what's demonized most about the pagan world, of course, from the Catholic side. So it's like, this is part of, this is the root of that, no pun intended. See, and I, we, oh, please. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I was going to go on one of my tangents again, so you okay, probably best quick. go first. Yeah. So, uh, back to what you said, though, uh, about things, shit, I lost it. Uh, <laughs> being connected, uh, fuck it, I lost phonetics, it. If I, phonetics, phonetics. If I find it again, it was phonetics. 
I honestly lost it. That's okay. Uh, my it's bad. okay. Go ahead. No Albert problem. As, I, as I'm rambling, please. Yeah. All right. So I got a, I got a little bit my of bad. speaking of which oscillations and all of that. All right. Enhancement, uh, neuroscience.org enhancement of gamma oscillations indicates preferential processing of native over foreign phonemic contrasts in infants. Now what's interesting here again, is that I wonder, and this is just an intuition thing as I'm, as you're speaking, Andy, I wonder if they spoke with their lips. I wonder if it was telepathy from the get-go and then the, 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 the writing of it, if you will, was just out of a visual representation of that telepathy. And again, it, it seemed as though when you talked about harmonics and oscillations and, all, and acoustics, I thought of personally acoustic levitation or you know something of the sort, which interestingly enough, seems to be directly correlated with remote viewing. We now know that because Hal Pudoff has come out and stated that again, as it pertains to um, EKGs and, and uh, all of this. Now, for if we go to pubmed.ncbi.nlm what you guys know this cortical processing of phonetic and emotional information in speech across modal priming studies so the current study employed behavioral and electrophysiological measures again electromagnetics this concept of that now to investigate the timing localization and neural oscillation characteristics of cortical activities associated with phonetic and emotional information processing of speech what i find interesting is that localization this reminds me of entropy and negentropy pertaining to again quantum physics and locality of perspective via that of the dual slit experiment not only this but this reminds me again of the I, I, I canceled the tab, but the um, the the Faraday cage and the, the fishbowl or the fish tank and the light bending around it. So we have this in addition to electrophysiological measures of, of what they're investigating here. Again, what's so interesting about electromagnetics and, and all of this is that there seems to be within particularly the pineal gland, something that is what many have claimed, not me, but claimed is a uh, piezoelectric or piezoelectric activation, which again, going back to the way in which these crafts seem to operate, these crafts seem like a nuts and bolts, uh, tin can version of us, in my opinion. And I wonder if, again, if we go here back to the concept of oscillations and, and all of this, if there is a direct correlation, and I'm just speculating, if they bring up harmonics and oscillations so avidly, I just, I mean, I think of Tartaria being wiped out within an instant because of some type of direct energy oscillation, allegedly, or an acoustic thing that apparently spread across everywhere. And I wonder if that was the same for uh, the box saga, except going back to the concept of that, that tick down, it, down in the center was a peaceful revelation or result because of the inversion concept. You, you see what I'm saying? I know I'm a little all over the place, but... The, yeah, like I, the marking of a golden age, like the right. Aquarius, like what we're going through now. Like we would mark this time with an inverted Q, not an exerted one. Right, that right. Was the great age of deception. That I'm, was, again, I'm just throwing out. ideas. Yeah. I love it. It's it's an excellent uh, representation. I love the symbolism there. That makes sense because yes, we're looking within. That's a within period. That's a harmonious period. When you're right. external, when you're looking without, when you're looking for outward validation, outward joy, happiness outside of yourself, it always fails. That's where the great deception lies. I've, I remembered what I was going to say, by the way, Dave. So, something that you said earlier was fascinating to me. Um, I'm going to get to it in a second. But also something you said that was fascinating to me was when you had the ring up with the line in the middle with the two um, portions on either side. And you said they don't know and we do know and we're pulling each other to the middle. I think that's half true. I think the people in the middle are the ones that don't know. I think that the people 
but the that all people know here, most people know here, the two in the represented top and bottom, the most extremes know exactly what's going on, or at least know what's not true. Some may say exactly what's going on, like let's say the elites. Now they know that, but they use that knowledge against us to say and gaslight us into saying that that's not what's true. So they're right. actually hijacking the concept and pulling people from a different direction. But ironically, they're pulling us all closer to this direction. It's kind of like your higher self again, Andy, to your concept of zooming out just one more, that the dark and the light, the dualistic forces here, these bad people, whatever, uh, kind of have something in their hands and they like want you to guess. But really, the bad people after a while, if you're not guessing properly, they'll kind of go. And they do this in the form of destabilization. So they'll shake things up a little bit and they'll rock things. And so there's this inverted process here, again, to this either-or concept. And that's like what I was talking about the other night. This either-or. Maybe it's not just either-or. Maybe there's a third option. And I think that that's yes. what our discernment here, based on those two options, is here to grant us. You'll resonate between the two until you find the middle, like the vortex that you were talking about, about the UFO coming out of it, man. There's a focal point. There's like a either-or, but then there's this triad. That's what maybe the Trinity is all about, like all the symbolism to it. Now, back to something that you did say that was also awesome is uh, that's not what it is, but that's what we see. Now, this is something mm. fascinating. My wife shared a quote from David Bowie about uh, UFOs, and it was about that he said that maybe that's not what they look like at all. He said maybe that's our mind's way with that uh, alternative, alternating reticular system, reticular activating system, my apologies, uh, that really just fills in the gaps for shit that you don't understand. It'll kind of make something up. Information and processing. Exactly. And right. so maybe what we're seeing here is, and, but that quote that you said, maybe that's that's what it is, but that's not what we see. You know what I'm saying? So like we see one thing, but it's maybe completely different. And that's just why maybe UFOs appear completely different to people. And again, it's all kind of oh tied my together. God. I, speaking of which, so hold on, if I could yes. say very quickly. Yes. All right. Oh, hold on. Uh, not that I was actually trying to do a circle. Hold on. Uh, the the intersubjectivity thing here. Let me see one second. Exactly. Do, do. That's what I was saying. Back to your circle deal with the rings, with everything. And so you're okay. given an environment that's distorted from an area you're able to calibrate. Yeah, there you go. Right. Okay. Now I wonder, are you saying that, for example, by finding that middle ground, again, the black circle representing intersubjectivity of our of others' thoughts, if you will, this black circle increases in size and overlaps and replaces the green rings. Yes. Right, which so it to ripples out like a like ripples on a pond. Oh my gosh! So and what when ends you up extrapolate out Atlantis? You know, it's visually represented. Oh my gosh! Right. So then, say the black replaces the green, and then now this black is the new represent. So then yep. we become more of a collective consciousness, and then, holy crap! And then a new wow. ring appears from the middle out because it keeps resonating out. So it's this a is vortex, the thing too. and it's the exactly. toroid field because it keeps yeah. coming. Man, Maybe. we need Dan Winter in here with us right yeah. now. We'll have I him mean, hop in on the next one. That'll be fun. Oh my god. We'll just god. keep adding people. Like a Seriously, like a song that adds dude. instruments to we it. We'll like, just add someone else to this conversation next time we keep it going. We should frame this as like like a science project. So, Did you guys ever see that 80s movie, My Science Project? That was great. I saw Weird so Science in the 80s. Yeah, Weird Science was equally great. great. Bill Paxson. Real Genius was we also should, mm -hmm. uh, We should call that the name of the series. <laughs> My Science Project. Our, no, our Science Project. <laughs> our Science Project. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I actually kind of like it. Like Bill Paxson. Yeah. Okay. It's very homegrown. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't have to be just that, but. Yeah. Oh, my Something gosh. Like this that. on so well, many and different. Then you can think of, yeah. think of the rings then as experiential levels of consciousness. And maybe like that we continue to. Um, fractals, fractals, fractals. 
Yeah, absolutely fractals. Right. Maybe we reincarnate, let's say, in a physical form, but those forms change as the ring evolves. And you're kind of in this team, basically, that's on this evolutionary process together. And we're all kind of moving out, and it's destabilizing, and it changes. New rings appear from the center and push out because those are now new experiential realms and cultures and people and, that are and different from experiences. a 3d perspective on the top corner here if this is the toroid field is just going in yep. and out and in yep. right okay wow um and we're kind of skating on top of this place you know consciously and then we just reincarnate 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 and then our time's over and then we cycle through something else and then we reincarnate reincarnate wow. reincarnate well, I did want to ask you guys something if there were, if, if again, not to put both you guys on the spot during the recording, but for the it. sake, <laughs> for the sake of the, uh, for this being the first epi episode and stuff, I hate to be the party pooper. Would we be able to, to cap it soon yeah. simply because I think we've covered so much that the audience <laughs> needs to get as a public episode. It's like, Whoa. So yeah. you know what I'm saying? We covered a yeah, lot, but we, I, I don't mean to run the, it's not my show. I don't mean to run the thing. Mm -hmm. I just want to, no, this I totally amazing. agree. That's totally that's cool, totally cool. fine as a little intro. You know, this was heavy, heavy duty shit. And also, like, I just want to clarify, like, the box saga. I, I mean, it's one perspective. It's oh yes, just of course, one perspective. But of I mean, course. it's a very convincing one on some levels, you know. And I right. think it, it's just another important piece to our puzzle. And that's right. that's really what we need to focus on, and what it'll what it'll tell us about our history, because that's really what we want to find out. And I think, you know finding out what this uap situation really turns out to be this phenomenon as it's so i think it speaks branded to the, now to, yeah uh it's like you know it speaks to everything we've ever questioned you know so it's it's not it's just it's it's nuts and bolts but then it's not nuts and bolts right. but it's all you know and the saga there's almost no spirituality to it the spirituality mm. itself is being human and it's it's very occam's razor and so th there's a good way of, of learning from that perspective, regardless of what we all want, you know, decide to pay attention to elsewise. Like I love the UAP phenomenon situation going on, but there as comes dramatic a point. as it is in certain, some circumstances, <laughs> like I still, you know, it's ever since I was a kid, so I can't let go of that necessarily, but I do think all of our historical mythological stories, I'm starting to believe that those were at least human-based uh, stories i'm not right. sure right you know? that that's wow that's so well said because when you think when you look at it it's like okay the, it seems as though that the uap thing then expands to extrasensory perception which then makes you think okay paranormal and then it comes to this stuff it's like exactly there's a whole court like brandon said it's like the, the toroid exactly. field it just all yeah. can exactly yeah and dave uh, you and i have talked at length about how like a lot of ufo sightings the UFO fades in and out when it, when it disappears oh. or appears somewhere, it's yeah. almost like a frequency coming in and out. So obviously we're dealing with something more than just nuts and bolts, but when it's in our frequency, it's has to have a logical explanation Right. By the laws of physics. It has to, but outside of this frequency, it doesn't need to accord in that way. Right. It, so, so in the, in the, accord to this density, exactly. Yeah, this density has bolts and nuts and computers right. and propulsion systems. And, the, you know, you know, it's, it's, I couldn't, it's, I, I then, couldn't agree more. It's, it's, it's using me. vacuums to pull from other, yeah. And think about Roger Rabbit. Okay. Um, they were animated and walking around with normal people. It's kind of that equivalent. Dude, this is very psychedelic so for well me said. because, you know, as you're coming out of a psychedelic trip, all the things that were so real suddenly become just 
normal things again or they fade and it's like well wait a minute right wait a minute i was convinced on a level that is unmistakable and that's how i got into the whole witness stuff you know with connecting all these areas because right. they all make sense together you know right speaking of uh making connections and all that could you guys please tell my end of the audience where you guys could be found andy go ahead the deep share podcast i'm at I... the deep share on everything uh yeah youtube um, I am nice. on Rockfin, but I still haven't put anything on there. <laughs> I, I'm just busy, man. I'm doing a lot of stuff. But yeah, nice. uh, find me over at the Deep Share and yeah, reach out, say hi. Argue awesome. with me. Say, and, you know, <laughs> whatever. And Brandon? <laughs> Before I deeply share, I just want to say, Andy, I, on uh, Dave and I's behalf, uh, both of us, you know, talked a lot about getting a first guest on this, you know, series. So that happy that it's you. And we yeah. uh, talked yeah. a lot about this and we had discussed and I brought up Box Saga. And so we're grateful that it's you. So your perspective is what we wanted. Your insight is why you're here. So thank you for providing that, dude. You're a fucking badass and we love you. Oh, I appreciate being a part of it, brothers. Hell yeah. And yeah. and Brandon, if you could tell uh, my audience where you Absolutely. could be found. I could be found, of course, at uh, expandingrealitypodcast.com. Just go there. It links to everything else. Boom. Awesome. And just and for you, you guys. Two, if by it's... the way, our fucking powerhouses. Right. And I always feel like. Fun. You know, I'm just so glad that I get to be in these kinds of conversations where the I, where I can really cut loose and just really theorize. Oh, you said YouTube you know? are powerhouses. Oh, I thought you yes. said you, YouTube is a powerhouse. That's no. why I'm oh, like, right? Oh, no. We're getting away from that. <laughs> I was We're like, what? I was like, okay, it makes sense. All right, that dude. Yeah, no, no man, it's you, just you... great because I can just fly off the handle and you guys can catch it wherever it goes, which is great. Oh, I see what you're saying. We yes, man. the shit out of this, you know. Not, that, not, not to. You're like, yes, and you know, yeah. Not yeah, to stay man. in that train of thought, but that speaks again to the concentric circles, the intersubjectivity. It all comes back. I love the segues. Before before I tell your guys audience if it's cool uh, where I could be found, I do want to mention as, as a friendly reminder for those on audio on whatever platform when this goes public. Uh, again, we've sort of impromptuly agreed to make this a sort of teaser for our paywall series that all of us will have on our respective platforms. It won't be exclusive to any one of us. So I just wanted to give a friendly reminder for the public. Um, I'm personally going to take it public either Friday or Saturday at the latest, uh, if cool. that works. That's and cool right. So I could be found at uh, Generation Z Z E D podcast on Podbean. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. I will be on soon uh, Rumble, Rockfin, the whole thing. And also uh, patreon.com slash Generation Z uh, is where, you, of course, you can support the show, extra content, all that kind of fun stuff. So without further ado, guys, this has been absolutely amazing, and we'll catch you all next time around. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, for listening. Yeah. This was epic. I really appreciate you guys. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.